I think it's important to remember that all of our behavior and all of our characteristics lend to our physical and mental health. And it's our job, if we want to live our best, healthiest life, to kind of uncover and turn over the rocks and find out, you know, what is working for us and what's not. And it's not always about food, right? It's not always about exercise. It's not always about your cholesterol. It's not always about your blood pressure. You know, it's, it's, there's so many other facets to having a healthy, well life. Welcome to the Balanced Fit and Free Podcast. I'm Rianne Mullins, your host, and you are in the right place if you are ready to learn how to live a life of balance through healthy daily actions and a positive mindset. As a Hashimoto's hypothyroid warrior, I will be sharing with you tried and true methods of keeping a balanced lifestyle to ward off inflammation, aching joints, brain fog, and weight gain. My very open and honest approach will have you leaning in to learn more. Enjoy the show. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Coach Ray Ann with the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. And I, you know, I love that you're here every week. So thanks so much. If you've been visiting every week or if you've been here many times, I, I so, so appreciate it. And I actually need to tell you guys who won the drawing for last week. Remember, I told you if you rated and reviewed the podcast that your name would go into a drawing. Well, not too many people did it. <laughs> So I am going to pick the, out of the two people, I literally just, I literally like just put the names on a piece of paper, flipped it in the air and whatever it landed on. So Fit Mama 2020 is the winner. So I will be in touch with you or actually I need you to be in touch with me because I don't have your email address. So if you could email at rayannmullins at gmail.com then I can schedule your free consultation. So I'm super excited about that. Thank you so much. I'm glad that you enjoy the show. So again, I would love for you to rate and review anytime you can. It really helps and it helps me know, you know, if you hate it, then I need to know. But if you love it, I love to know too, because then it helps me, you know, decide what to talk about and make sure I'm kind of on the right I'm figuring out the right things to talk about. Okay. So anyway, today um, I'm getting pretty getting pretty personal and vulnerable today. I think that when I open up and share with you some of my own stories and my own struggles, um, that I think it can help you maybe see that you have similar feelings as well, or, or it may help you give you a different viewpoint and it may help you kind of dig deeper into your own mind and soul so I don't want you to like get annoyed with me for being personal and using this podcast as my therapy or personal journal, but I, you know, I want to make sure that I'm telling it like it is so that we can all learn something. Um, I actually had a completely different topic planned today. And then I, at the last minute I decided to change it. And here is why we live in a neighborhood that is getting ready to expand We've lived in our house for a little over six years now, and I really, I mean, I love it. It literally is like my dream home to me. I love the colors. I love the open. I just love everything about it. I'm super, super happy here. And behind our house is the woods, okay? It's all trees, no houses. 
I love to sit in the back and watch the birds, you know, fly around. I like to see the deer at night eating the grass and the shrubs, which isn't so great. But, um, and, you know, I watch my cat chase rabbits. Like it's just, I can hear the coyote sometime at night and I just love it there. It's beautiful. Well, this morning I actually heard an awful noise. This awful noise was bulldozers and saws. In fact, I can hear them right this moment because the trees are coming down. I literally, literally felt sick to my stomach and kind of wanted to cry a little bit. Like I really, in fact, it's really hard. Like even just thinking about it now, it kind of makes me teary eyed because I feel like my beautiful world, like this sanctuary I have like on our back deck at night and all summer, I spent a lot of time back there. I, I eat my lunch outside. I have coffee in the backyard. There's so many things I do and I just feel like it's so private. It's just like my little sanctuary right? And it's about to change. So when we bought this house, we were told that nothing would ever go in behind us, which is actually partly why we bought the house. And we found out about six months after buying the house that actually someday there was plans for houses to go in behind us. Such a bummer. But, you know, we were kind of mad, but it was too late. And, you know, we still love the house. We still love the neighborhood. We still love our neighbors. It's fine. And years have passed and nothing has happened. I mean, nothing has happened. So we're like, maybe, maybe it's not going to happen. Maybe those people are wrong. Maybe nothing will ever come in here. Well, nothing happened until today. <laughs> so I imagine just probably in just a few short days that it's going to be completely gone from behind us. And this, this feeling that I got of sickness and the feeling of wanting to, you know, burst into tears kind of stopped me in my tracks. My self-control and ever positive mindset kind of kicked in and I held back my tears and my feelings, right? I kind of shoved them down because I needed to protect myself. I needed to be an adult and face the fact that this, this stuff happens all the time, right? There's always new houses being built. There's always trees going down. So the birds, the mice, the rabbits, the coyote, the deer, and all the other critters that I absolutely love will just have to suck it up and move on, right? This is progress. This is like the world building more and more and more, right? And I'll just have to suck it up and look at the back of someone's house, right? Because people who live in other neighborhoods have people behind them and see other houses. And this is what people do all the time, right? So I even went into this, well, Rand, flip the scenario. You know, if you've been listening to it for a long time, you know, I like to flip it. I like to flip whatever perspective I'm looking at. I like to flip the negative into positive, like always find that silver lining, right? So what is good actually about this is that once all these trees are down and the neighborhood is more expanded, we're going to have this really big loop. So it's going to actually be great to have like this full walking loop. So when I take the dog for a walk, instead of like walking back, you know, out and back, I can actually do a full circle. And I, I do like that, right? And, you know, we may end up really loving our new neighbors behind us. So it can't be that bad, right? Right? So you see how I went into self-control there? I went immediately into my positive mindset or the silver lining mindset. I had to protect myself from feeling bad about these animals, which is actually the thing that's bothering me more. It's bothering me more about the animals than the houses being behind us, right? And, you know, and I really do feel sad about our backyard and our deck privacy going away. But I also shoved my feelings down so that no one would see how upset I am. I mean, like I was literally holding back tears when I heard them and could hear the trees falling because I didn't want my husband to see me crying over some trees falling down, right? 
but why? Like, why am I so ashamed to feel sad? Like, why do I always feel like I need to put on a happy face and not let others see how I feel deep down? Is this good? Is this bad? Is it healthy or is it unhealthy? So here's the deal. I grew up with a very strong mother. She didn't take shit off anyone, right? She was a tough woman. At least that's how I saw it. She could be really scary, actually. She was a fierce beast, okay, when it came to her pride and to messing with her or, you know, to her kids. She taught me a lot about not letting anyone hurt me or take advantage of me. These lessons really served me well for a long time, especially in the dating world, like mostly in the dating world. She also taught me about being kind to people, um, helping people. She taught me to always do my best. She taught me not to let people think I'm weak. So I think, you know, to her being weak was a very, very bad thing. Like, in fact, if I saw my mom cry about anything, I would run to my room to cry too, because first of all, I was shocked. If she ever actually cried, it was like so like stunning to me. But I also didn't want her to see that I saw she was upset because I knew that if I acknowledged her sadness, that she would get mad, right? She she would she would get mad and then she would take it out on other people. She did not like to be weak or to be upset. She was a tough cookie. And this started to change a little bit as she got older, but through my childhood and teenage years, this is actually how I saw her. She was a bad bitch. <laughs> she really was. Which was kind of cool, actually, on one hand, right? So I got to say that I, I was fortunate to be the only girl. I think that um, she was a lot less hard on me because of that. Like we had this special bond that we were the only females among many males. And I know that she loved having sons. And I know that she loved that they are all tough and that she taught them to be hard and controlled and smart and, you know, take control. And they're all super successful. And honestly, I, I feel kind of sad for them in a small way that they all feel like they have to be tough all the time. And I don't know, maybe that's just a guy thing anyway. But anyway, my mother who taught me self-control, taught me how to control my temper, um, how to control my emotions, how to control my future, and how to control relationships, okay, at least the romantic ones. She really thought she was doing me a service by telling me to always look out for myself and be in control, Okay. So there are so many benefits, right? Amazing benefits to being in control of your feelings and your actions, but there can also be some drawbacks. So today let's talk about the good side of being control in control and how it can help you live your best life. But let's also talk about the dark side of always being in control and how it can actually hurt you. Okay. So first let's jump into the pros. So when in control, Okay, you can avoid temptations. So here's an example. When I started to learn about nutrition and dieting, so at the time when I first like learned about food and it was really about weight loss and dieting and you know, I was way back in high school and I just wanted to be really skinny because that's kind of how it was in the 90s, but I was so controlled and I of, of myself and how I ate and I was able to avoid temptations like Oh my gosh. I mean, I could go to a party and watch everyone else eat all the food and I could stick to vegetables. You know, I had this willpower made of iron. I knew what I wanted and I knew that I could avoid those temptations. I knew that I was 100% in charge of my actions and my results. 
Okay. Looking lean at the time was like way more important to me than eating cookies or fast food burgers. Control can definitely be a form of motivation. I felt motivated that I knew that I could control what I ate, which then controlled how I looked, which then controlled how people treated me, especially boys. Okay. So to me at the time, that was a pro right now. I don't think it's a pro to like control your food that much and feel the way I did. That was definitely disordered. But, but my point at this moment is the fact that it was about control. I could control what went into, you know, what I ate. So here's another thing. When in control, you will be less distracted. So when I know that I'm in charge, no matter, you know, what it is, I'm more focused and less distracted by other people and shiny objects. So when I know exactly what I need to do and accomplish, I'm not distracted. It's when I feel out of control that my focus disappears and I'm easily distracted. So here's a a recent example would be, you know, my son trying to pick colleges. You know, it's kind of a fun time, but it's, it's very stressful too. But I'm not fully in control of that. I, you know, it was up to him to turn in his applications. It was up to him to, to do what he needed to do. It was up to him to control that and to take care of it. And I couldn't do it for him. And it really made me feel distracted. It made me feel really disturbed. Like I was having a hard time getting my work done. I was having a hard time, you know, planning even spin classes, which is like a total fun thing. I was really having such this weird time, like staying focused. And I think it's because I felt like a big thing happening in our life was really kind of out of my control. Okay. So being in control can help you feel distract, less distracted. When in control, you can more easily control your emotions by flipping your perspective. Remember I was talking about that? So like my example this morning was, you know, the trees coming down in our neighborhood. On one hand, I was totally upset, but I got, you know, into self-control mode and reasoned with myself on why it's okay. And I was able to calm myself down. So it's definitely a positive, right? Like it's, it's definitely a good thing to be able to learn how to manage your emotions and control, control yourself, right? Have you ever heard like people like, get control of yourself, (laughs) like get it together. Well, I'm pretty good at that. So when in control, you can usually get what you want too. When others respect you as the leader, you can usually find a way to get what you want, right? Take control and people will follow. At least that's kind of the idea there. So being in control of yourself and your emotions and your environment can be a great thing, right? There's definitely no doubt there. Okay, I think that you'd probably agree with me that being in control is a really awesome thing. But let's talk about the cons of always needing to be in control. Too much self-control can limit your personal experiences and joy. Okay, if you're always in charge and always having to be a certain way or in a certain mood or give a certain response, it can limit your joy and what you allow others or yourself to do and experience. Okay, so if you're like going on a trip and you have to be in control 100%, like what if, you know, part of going on a vacation is like just letting things happen, experiencing new things. But if you're controlling every second of it and every moment is planned, what if you're missing out on some other really great things that could be happening by, you know, just letting go a little bit? Okay, just, I don't know, random example, but so too much control can lead to future guilt or regret. 
So let's say, for example, that you always feel like you need to be the best employee at your job. And this means working on weekends and nights away from your family just to be the best or in control of you, of your job, right? What happens when your kids are going away to college, right? You just might feel sad and upset and regret that you didn't spend more time just being a parent and enjoying the kids instead, right? And this, I hear this so often, you know, when I'm working with clients one-on-one, we'll be talking just, you know, obviously about nutrition and wellness, but oftentimes because all of this stuff matters, I can't tell you the number of times I've heard somebody, you know, say they regret all of the the control they had over even their food and how much time they spent worried about that and not just enjoying like vacations um, or enjoying their kids or enjoying having, you know, baking cookies with the kids. So they would be so worried about like their diet all the time that they were like missing out on other things. That is letting your control create guilt and regret later. Okay. So here's another one. Too much control can create more work. Okay. When you're always in control, you're going to create more work for yourself. Too much control usually means that you don't trust others to help you and it makes it harder to delegate. So if you want it done right, you have to do it yourself, right? I learned that one also from my mother. And when I opened the fitness studio, Ram Fitness, gosh, that was a while ago now. Boy, I got to tell you, I had to be in control. And I feel actually a little embarrassed and slightly ashamed when I look back and see how I was acting. You know, I didn't really even notice it at the time. So here's here's some regret, right? I have some regret on the way that I acted when I was opening my studio. But, you know, I look back and, you know, I didn't want help. I didn't want other opinions. I wanted to be 100 per- 100% in control of this vision of mine, of this baby. Like I was, I was like birthing a new baby, this like fitness studio. I had a vision. I had a goal. I didn't want anyone messing with it. Right. And guess what? This was a mistake, right? I ended up overworking myself and completely burning out. So physically, emotionally, financially, everything. So during this time, I also ended a few relationships that were important to me. And it was all because I was being too controlling right? So too much control can absolutely be an issue. So here's something else. Too much control of your emotions will end of just anything. Too much control, like feeling like you have to be in control all the time of your emotions, of your environment, of your relationships, all of these areas that can be in control in can actually lead to physical sickness. This internal like turmoil that doesn't get released can lead to high blood pressure, High stress hormones, which can lead to high blood sugar levels, which then can lead to insulin resistance and diabetes. Then if not controlled, diabetes can then lead to heart disease and kidney failure. So not to mention that chronic stress, which by the way, being a a control freak all the time is creating chronic stress in your life, can be terrible on your adrenals and your thyroid. Hashimoto's, which I know I talk about a lot now, can be caused by chronic stress. More and more research is showing that chronic stress creates inflammation, and that is the beginning of many autoimmune diseases. So is being in control really worth getting sick for? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you that I don't think so. <laughs> okay. I 100% believe that I, I really, I know that I got Hashimoto's 
while owning that fitness studio. Number one, I was overworking my body. Number two, I was in such a high stress state all the time because of my control, because I didn't delegate, because I didn't find the right help, because I didn't, I mean, I had great helpers that were there, but I didn't use them as much as I could have. And I didn't, I didn't do what I needed to do because I was so scared, really. I mean, I created like, like this scarcity mindset, which created more stress, which created more like feeling of I had to control more and more and more. And so between all of that stress and this controlling, you know, feeling I had, I know that's what kind of ignited the Hashimoto's. I I just know it. So anyway, my mom had this hard exterior shell for many years, this control, this like built up, you know, hardcore exterior. So in my opinion, this hard shell became her worst enemy. Her careful control of her emotions and like who she let in, right, became what made her sick. So she had diabetes first, okay, and then she had a bad heart. And then finally, you know, towards the end, it was basically her heart and kidneys that, um, you know, killed her. But I truly, deeply, deep down believe that she was already imploding years and years before her body finally took her down. And I think it could have been prevented, right? Not just by like health, not just by nutrition, but by her giving up some of her control and opening up and allowing the help in and allowing some, um, you know, just just releasing her, her control a little bit right? And just chilling out, just chilling out. So think about yourself now, like where in your life are you always in control? Where in your life do you think you can let up a little bit? Like, are you missing out on experiences? Are you missing out on relationships? Are you missing out on, you know, time with your loved ones because you're so worried about always being in control and always being a certain way? I mean, it's possible, right? So for me, you know, letting myself, this is where I'm getting a little personal, um, letting myself um, be loved is really hard. So for most of my adult life, I've had this like invisible shield, I guess, around me to prevent myself from getting hurt. And this is a little bit hard for me to admit and kind of weird to say on here in front of in front of you. But I had this like huge realization recently. And since I've noticed it, I've been really working on just kind of lowering my shield and just trying to allow myself to trust more and to allow like more love and kindness come into my life more. And wow, that sounds so cheesy as I'm saying it, but it's true. When people try to do nice things for me, um, I get really uncomfortable. When people want to give me gifts, I feel really uncomfortable I don't know what it is, but even even like my husband, like when he's really, really nice to me and compliments me or tries to like do nice things for me, it makes me really uncomfortable. Like, like what's the catch? Like there's this little like untrusting part of me or not even just like what's the catch, but kind of like, why would you do that for me? So I don't know. I don't know where that, I don't 100% know where that's coming from all the way. But um, some of this is when I was a, was young, I remember my mom would warn me against men. She told me that every man was going to break your heart and every man was a cheater and they were all terrible. 
<laughs> right? And I know that she and my dad had a very hard relationship before divorcing. So I'm sure she just didn't want the same thing for me. But what she didn't realize, though, is that she taught me to really dislike and distrust men, or like none of them. So, and, and, you know, obviously I've been working on this for a while. I'm much older now, but it was kind of a weird thing when I met Brian because here's a super kind, Southern, sweet, I think genuinely like really, really good person. And he would do anything for me. But for many, many years, I was just waiting, just waiting for him to slip up and do something wrong. In fact, like before we even got married, when he proposed to me, I I remember being like, wow, like I wonder when we'll get divorced. Like I didn't even believe, like, I, I mean, I probably shouldn't have said yes right away. <laughs> I did, but I, and I'm glad now. But at the time when we, the first couple of years of marriage was rough because I was constantly just waiting, waiting for him to do something to hurt me, right? I, I mean, any, I was looking for any fault that I could find because I didn't want to be blindsided. So I would create problems out of nothing just because I wanted to be the one that was in control of my hurt, not him. Like if somebody was going to screw up, it needed to be me because I wanted to be the one that, you know, messed it up and I, w- I wanted to be in control. So I even wanted to be in control of being hurt. So if I was the one that did the hurting or if I was the one that messed up, then it was better than being like stupid and being hurt. And, and you know, it sounds kind of silly as I say it, but it actually makes a lot of sense too. And, and it just was a terrible way to start a marriage. So the first like four to five years, it was tough because it was like, he couldn't even say anything without me immediately turning it around. So nowadays I'm very positive, right? I flip things. Like I was telling you earlier, like if something negative happens, I flip it to the positive and try to find the silver lining. Back in the day, I would take positive statements from him or positive actions and somehow flip them to turn around to figure out what, like what was really going on. Like what, when was he going to like finally like do the thing? And then when was he going to, you know, when were we going to get divorced? It was like, I was constantly waiting for that moment. It's terrible. Right. Well, fortunately things have, you know, gotten a lot better. Um, we've been married almost 24 years. So (laughs) I guess things are fine now. They they actually are very fine. But, you know, I can't believe he even put up with me during that time. And so, you know, I'm very fortunate that he did and I'm grateful. So that's what I'm talking about. Like when you are always in control, look how it can work against you. I was so worried about being, being in control of the relationship that I was willing to even do something bad just so that I would be the one in control of the hurt instead of him hurting me. So I don't know if you can see yourself in that at all, if you've ever experienced that. Um, If you have, hey, send me a message and let me know. I don't want to be alone here. (laughs) So the funny part is, through all of this, is that I am a major people pleaser. So it's kind of confusing, right? Like if I'm such a control freak, then how can I also be a people pleaser? Well, if you didn't listen to my shadow work episode, which I noticed most people didn't, so I don't know if it just didn't go out on all platforms or what, but it was the probably my least listened to episode. So go back and listen to that one if you haven't, because I think it has a lot of good, good information in it. But I kind of explain in there, like shadow work is like 
finding out, like digging into the sides of you that you tried to ignore and like bring it out and like learn about yourself. So this whole people pleasing thing is something that I dug into a little bit more. And I believe that I tried so hard as a young girl to not make my mom upset, right? Because I saw the wrath that others got when she was angry and I did not want to be on that side of it. And I became so careful about what I said to her that I also started to be like that to other people. You know, I wanted people to like me. I like for people to agree with me and like me. And I like to always make peace and make people happy. And I still do, but I can see how that has created this like huge gap in how I want to be and how I am. Right. So a couple of years ago, um, I went to a therapist like two times. I switched. But anyway, I had a therapist say to me um, that my people pleasing was actually a way to control others around me. And I was like, what the actual F are you talking about? Right? That was a new twist for me to consider. And I tell you this, not to make you, you know, think poorly of me, like I'm some control freak that wants to take advantage of people. But um, but actually, I finally realized what she meant. When it comes to people pleasing. It's a way of controlling others because you're trying to get something for your niceness, right? I had to really think about this because I didn't agree at first. Like I genuinely try to be a good person. I'd love to be a helpful person. And I didn't really think I wanted anything in return, but I actually think I do, right? After careful consideration, I realized that even though I have a hard time accepting love and I have a hard time letting people do nice things for me. I actually do want that. Like, I do want people like me. I want there to be peace. I want there, you know, to be no ruffled feathers. I don't want to disagree with anyone. I don't want to let anyone down because you know what? If I do, then I have to be uncomfortable, right? I don't want to be uncomfortable. So my people pleasing is a way to control others to be nice to me, right? If I'm super nice to people and try my best to help them, then they can't dislike me, right? Or hurt me, right? at least that's my thinking, you know, but there's actually some major flaws with this subconscious reasoning. So what happens when people constantly, um, like if I'm constantly, or you, if you're a people pleaser, if we're constantly nice to people and those people just keep taking and taking and taking your energy, your time, your gifts, your kindness, but never repay you. And I don't mean with money, but repay you with favors and kindness and maybe they never really give back to you, you know, the energy that you're giving them. Well, guess what that turns into? That turns into resentment. So I re- I can feel resentful, you know, if somebody is constantly taking my kindness and my advice and my, my helpfulness and then never returns it or ends up, or, you know, there's nothing worse than you like spending time with somebody and giving them advice and then you turn around and they're doing something else. You're like, what? You know, and it makes you feel resentful. And I'm sure that you've probably been in that situation too, right? So at what point then do you stop this people pleasing, right? At what point does it start to backfire, right? So not being able to say no and saying yes to things that you don't want to is a form of people pleasing and controlling, right? If you always say yes, then no one can say you aren't good or kind or helpful, But if you say no, then they might say you were rude. And to me, I never want anyone to think I'm rude or selfish, but I also don't want people to be fake to me just because I'm nice to them, right? So so this is an interesting thing. I had to really think about this people-pleasing. And 
you know, I started saying to myself, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. I think I've said that on the podcast multiple times. And that's like a motto I had to like tell myself or a mantra I had to keep saying, like, I need to be true to myself because the more true you are to yourself, the more true you are to others, right? And this is what we need in the world. We need people to just be true and honest so that we can all flow together and have a a better, higher vibe. So how has it helped you in your life to be in control? Are you always wanting, wanting to be in control? Are you a control freak? How has it helped you to be a people pleaser? If that's you, if you're a people pleaser, can you see how it's helping you? And and by the way, if none of this is you, can you recognize this in the people around you? Can you recognize it in your spouse or in your siblings or your parents or your children or your friends, right? Can you see how others in your life could be fitting into this scenario somehow? So you know that my goal with this podcast is to bring up wellness topics that make you think about yourself. And, you know, some of the things I talk about uh, talk about will like resonate totally with you. And you're going to be like, oh my gosh, you're going to be right there with me. And some things I talk about, you you won't really get it or care. And that's totally fine. But I think it's important to remember that all of our behavior and all of our characteristics lend to our physical and mental health. And it's our job, if we want to live our best, healthiest life, to kind of uncover and turn over the rocks and find out, you know, what is working for us and what's not. And it's not always about food, right? It's not always about exercise. It's not always about your cholesterol. It's not always about your blood pressure. You know, it's, it's, there's so many other facets to having a healthy, well life. And this is very important. If you're someone dealing with inflammation, headaches, weight gain, and sleepless nights, it's time to consider your daily behavior around this topic to see if maybe you can just ease up a little bit to help your health. Maybe you can let go of your control just a little bit. Maybe you can work on your people-pleasing skills just a little bit to actually help your health. You guys, thanks so much for being here. I hope this gave you something to think about. And if you think about it, jump on over to wherever you're listening to this podcast and just do a quick rate and review. I appreciate so much. I'm still going to continue throwing people's names that do that into a drawing so I can reward you. So thanks again. I hope that you have a great rest of your week. Thank you for tuning into the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. I am so stoked that you are here. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. If you want to continue the conversation or share your takeaways, I would love to hear from you. Head on over to my Instagram at RamFitLife or Facebook at Rayanne Mullins and comment on your favorite part of the show. See you next week.